Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host Kirsty, and this week I am joined by the gorgeous and hilarious Mandy Slutska from Is This Real Life, uh, the podcast where she covers all things Bravo and we are going to get deep today. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Do you want to start with New York? Oh, please. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love these women. There can be no storyline, and it's still the most compelling Housewives show on television. This is the single greatest show on TV at the moment. Like, last year, I remember feeling that way about Vanderpump Rules. I mean, we'll get into that later. And these days, like, I just feel very uh, uncomfortable with BPR. But Roni, I'm like fuck yes give me more this is it actually gives me life every single time I watch it I cannot imagine the highs and the lows that these women go oh. through within a five minute period <laughs> I I like have to pause to like get myself I'm like wait they're they're okay with each other again what I know <laughs> even like every time I see basically Ramona interact with anyone I'm like wait when did they when did they get on the same level and get cool again and I think everyone's just kind of just sighing and forgives her for all of the bullshit they've put her through through the years because like well that's just Ramona but now it's Lou and I'm like oh no this season is her worst yet like I'm really like every time she comes on the screen I'm like my stomach flips and I'm like clenching it's just uncomfortable is I had an interesting, so I was at a wedding last weekend and I am friendly with um, Lou's niece. Shot your face. Well, there's many many people in the family, right? She's like one of six siblings and they all, you know, have kids. And so she's got many nieces and nephews, but it sounds like, you know. But this isn't the niece that dated Carol's boyfriend. Okay, okay. No. (laughs) Just getting the story straight. Yeah, but it's, you know, she was saying that Lou is doing so much better than she, you know, obviously a year ago was not great. And she's like really loving doing touring and doing the cabaret show. I mean, well, yeah, we can see that she's coming across (laughs) crazy right now. I plan to see it in two weeks. She's coming You're seeing to it in D- two weeks. Yes, she's coming oh. to Washington D.C., um, which is not a place that a lot of Bravo lebs go. But also, Stassi's coming here in September, and I think I have tickets for that. For her book that. launch, or um, what's that for? I think she's doing a like live podcast. Cabaret show. <laughs> <Stassi>. <laughs> she's jumping that, in the ring. That I love. <laughs> So I would it'll die. It'll be exciting to see because I think it's going to be all of these crazy people like me coming out of the woodwork and, you know, taking off their federal government badges and <laughs> drunk and shouting Giovanni. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone I've spoken to that's been to this show basically has said you, you have to be drunk. You have to be as drunk as everyone else in the crowd or you're not going to enjoy yourself. <laughs> and I think that's what, like the whole that Lou's, Lou Ann's fallen into. It's like, well, everyone else is shit-faced and they seem to be having a ball. So, no. No. It's, so the one thing I really don't think I could ever get on board with with these women is the fact that they are drinking so much in front of Luann 
and at times that I think it's unnecessary to have alcohol. I right. I will by this. I feel like if I had a friend who is newly sober, why why make her uncomfortable yeah. by all everyone is partaking and not just having a glass of wine, right? But Getting having a things. bottle themselves. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. I feel like if she was maybe five years into her sobriety and very strong and was saying, you know what, it's fine, I'm cool with it. That's one thing. But she's so new into her sobriety. Even give her a good six months. Yeah, give her some time. I know, but I think that's just part of, I mean, these, like, we look at Tinsley, we look at Sonia, these women are also alcoholics in their own way, you know, may not look the same way as Luann, Dorinda, like, they've all got, okay, I shouldn't say alcoholic, they've all got problems with drinking. relationships with alcohol. Yeah, yeah, and so for them to give that up, you know, I think for the sake of Luann, I think would be uh, almost impossible for them. But I completely agree with you. That's, I think, what, you know, would happen in, in the real world. But <laughs> this is the New York housewife. It's just, oh. like, so shocking to me. Can they not drink? Like, are, Can they not if, not drink? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, they can. Shocking. Like, just put it down for a weekend. You're going to upstate New York. And then Tinsley, right as I'm thinking this, says, well, we're going upstate, so I have to drink. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Tinsley actually had me in stitches this episode like with the cabaret drinking game and you know I'm sure it was all the editors but every time they just like pander her taking picking up her drink and taking a sip she's like well I play by the rules I'm I'm what is it point a type a personality personality. (laughs) I love it because I I like her being a little shady I'm I don't want a little you know poor me Tinsley yeah I like her getting in you know dirty with everyone I Me too. It. I'm really enjoying her this season. I you know, I was yeah. sort of bored by her at the start, but I'm yeah, she's sort of found her feet now and and, and I really like what she adds because she's got that level of vulnerability and um this like anxiety that eats her alive, but then she does have these moments where she's just super shady and I don't I'm enjoying it much more than in the past. But yes, we do she- have to while sorry, go on, sorry, I've been talking to you I just don't. don't want to miss the news on Lou that's just come out yesterday. Yeah. So I only I haven't seen much about this. So do you want to do you want to fill us in? Well, what I think happened. So she went back down to West Palm Beach, not to be confused with Palm Beach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Where she saw. Um, <laughs> Uh, she was back in court for violating her probation. She had two mimosas on April 22nd, I think. After... Oh, they actually have the dates. And, yeah. Like, this one was watching her? What's well, the, or she? So she volunteered the information. She right. went for a test and said, I had two mimosas after my cabaret show in Chicago. And I had some friends who were at that show, and they said it wasn't that great. And I think it was maybe mm. her first show that didn't really do as well. The It was that the Chicago Theater, I think it was too large <clears throat> of a venue, and people maybe expected more. It just 
that it mm. wasn't as good of a show. I think she felt that it wasn't as good of a show. People were talking. Right. And so she had a couple mimosas afterwards. She tested positive for alcohol, but right before she tested, she said, I did have two mimosas after this show. Now, when that So happened, does she do, like, random breath testing, or is it an everyday thing she's meant to do? It's definitely not an everyday thing, but I do think it is a random, I don't know when it happens. Right. But her probation officer said, okay, we think you should either go back to rehab or you can wear an ankle monitoring device that can tell if you have alcohol. And she right. said no to both of those things. She <laughs> won't go to rehab because she's got her cabaret show. Of and course. she doesn't want to wear the ankle device because it she wants to messes with her uh, outfits for the cabaret show. Yeah, that's, I mean, she can't make the rules, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> she's just like, well, no, sorry, the law doesn't suit me. <laughs> you heard I'm the girl. So the probation officer recommended her to go back to this, you know, judge. So I guess she, I don't really understand what happened in court. They did handcuff her and put her back in jail, but it sounds like she was out in a matter of hours mm-hmm. and that she is now required to go to, I think, like, psychiatric counseling or something. And let me check, actually. Let me look yeah. Up. I, I think that, I mean, I honestly think that that would be – because, look, people uh, – this is just my experience from I've, – I've been – I've had addiction problems myself and I've been to rehab and I just sort of – people don't have addiction problems generally because they're – you know, they're happy. Usually there's something going on, whether it's a mental illness or it's a grief or it's, you know, she's probably still mourning the loss of her relationship and all that shit that went down. I think it's really sensible that she has some kind of psychiatric care because that's, if they're not getting to the bottom line of what's causing you to be addicted to a substance, then you're never going to get better. I mean, it's your band-aid. The thing I was most actually concerned about, I... It's hard to know if someone's an alcoholic, right? I, I'm mm. definitely not sure about those things. I think sometimes people have unhealthy relationships with alcohol that can change if their underlying issue gets solved. Totally. So for me, what I was most concerned about hearing about her was this sort of manic state she appeared to be in when she was calling people, asking for money, wanting to make that these insane purchases. That that to me is so much more concerning than her getting shit faced. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like, what are you doing? What what has been has this always been going on? Is this kind of a reaction to I, I don't know. So well, here I mean, are the new int- terms of her oh, probation. Okay. Her probation is scheduled through the end of the summer. She must call into weekly counseling sessions, attend monthly psychiatric sessions, and keep a breathalyzer in her car. I mean, that sounds like I basically do those things anyway. (laughs) 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 I sound fine just to keep you kind of afloat. Yeah. If someone I, was paying, like the government was paying for my freaking psych care, I'd be like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I wonder, I don't know if the government covers it just because they say. Oh, she can it. afford it. Yes, exactly. On her, on her, on her Our cabaret career. Actually, uh, my country doesn't have the best uh, track. Uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Air <laughs> for people. No, don't get sick. I think it's really smart. And, you know, 
just because people go to psychiatric um, sessions doesn't mean they're on medication. And even if they are on medication, that's fantastic if that's what she needs, you know. And and maybe it's because she is on medication, she shouldn't be drinking with it. That could be it. Like, you know, the mixing can really – mixing the uh, psych medication with alcohol really can change the effects of it and, you know, uh, really accelerate them or almost do the opposite in some cases. Yeah, it's – whatever is going on is not normal. But um, (laughs) it's an – yeah. But who, well, who was saying, was it, uh, somebody said to, was it uh, to Dorinda or to Ramona about they're taking pills or something like that? Was that for next week? Oh, that might be next week. Oh, my God. I'm I in such that. a jet lag haze that I, I'm just like, somebody's taking pills. I don't know. But honestly, aren't pills. they all? like Everyone. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it when we go into Vanderpump. But it, yeah. you're on the reunion, like how much substance abuse is going yeah. on amongst this group yeah. and considered and the normal. thing is they think it's okay because it's Adderall it's a medical you know um doctor's given it to you so therefore it's like it's okay and it's like well that's still essentially speed <laughs> like you're just yeah. getting like, and it and depends oh, how you use it too totally I mean, yeah alcohol you shouldn't snort it uh, which yeah. is what the cast of summer house is known to do Oh, really? They're open about it. Um, Hannah was on a different podcast and mentioned that Carl was snorting it because he wow. had a bloody nose. Yeah. I and don't watch Summer House, age. but maybe I should. Well, <laughs> that's why they're able to – they stay awake all night. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's I not normal. You can't you... – 1 a.m. Uh, I'm – I'm in bed by like nine o'clock these days. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I am love an it. elder. <laughs> well, you know who else was in bed early was Bryn, Bethany's daughter. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this was so interesting. So uh, on Halloween, Luann had a show and all the ladies came to watch her perform and she was supposed to go on at 11. It was 11.45 and Bethany's like, you know what, I gotta get going. I have my daughter at home. My housekeeper is watching her. I need to relieve her of watching Bryn and I wanna be able to go to bed so I can wake up and have breakfast with my daughter and send her off to school. Like Mm -hmm. normal parent. And like a good parent. <laughs> good parent. And Luann was so upset that Bethany left before she came out on stage. But Bethany was there for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. I, I mean, wouldn't stay <laughs> at a venue. Like, I wouldn't oh, I, can't I wouldn't imagine. do that for, like, my best friend. You know, I've, I have had friends come out and watched me perform and stayed out for – you know, a long time in the sun, and I am, like, apologizing profusely. If anyone even bothers to come and see me, um, let alone spend money on a ticket or, you know, like, travel, I'm, like, kissing the ring, like, thanking them. This is what I don't get. That's what I don't get about Luann. She's just, like, I mean, it's got to be, like, narcissistic personality disorder or something because – she just cannot see, like Bethany was saying, that anybody else has a life. <laughs> right, <laughs> anyone but life. her. No one else yeah. has problems. It's and so, so wild. It's so interesting to me because, you know, she was like, well, she's just sleeping. Is she going to go home to watch her sleep? 
And that became clear. It's like when you were a mother, you were out all the time. And that's yeah. the excuse that she gave herself. She's like, well, they're oh. just sleeping. I'm I didn't sure even think of that. You're so right. Ooh, you go back, you know, 10 seasons and Noel is kind of like, oh, are you going out again? Aww. You know, he's always making those comments and she was always going out. And that was the excuse she probably gave. And mm. it's just not okay to judge how other people parent. You know, I'm not well, a parent, may, may, I mean, like, especially if it's just about being around for their kids. Exactly. I mean, and That's look, all it is. maybe, maybe Bethany did want to go home and just watch her daughter sleep. Fine. Yeah. Maybe she just it feels yeah. safer being the carer of her own flesh and blood than having someone else do it. Like uh, that all makes perfect sense to me. And like you, I'm not a mother either. And Luann is a mother. Like she should know. But you're right. Like when you kind of take a step back, I mean, yeah, that says a lot about her parenting. And Yikes. it's not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, if you want to go out there's and you're not much at wrong home, with that. Being, yeah, <laughs> no, but, you know, no, I mean, like, people yeah, no, have, you. you know, especially working mothers, you know, you and can't single, always be but, around yeah. single parents. You have to have a life, you know, that's beyond your kids for your totally. own sanity so you can be a good parent to them. So I'm not trying to judge her, but you, she definitely should not be judging Bethany. And when Bethany tried to get an apology, Luann mm. said, well, sorry you weren't able to see me perform. <laughs> That was fucking wild. Uh, what are you saying? How Luann's like reaction to this will be watching it back because I know they just filmed the reunion last week. Mm. Yeah. So it'll be quite interesting. It also sounded like she knew she was in the wrong, but didn't like being ganged up on. She didn't yeah, like. Yeah. So she went on the defensive. That's yeah. that's sort of what it sounded like to me, and then. You know, Bethany's like, well, while we're talking about all this stuff, can we go back to the Berkshires and how you talked about me not nicely and the Berkshires, mm. you know, like calling me Queen Bee, saying that I have to have this special room. And Luann eventually did apologize for that, which, you know, great. <laughs> yeah, and Bethany's just like, I mean, I'll accept it, but it wasn't the best apology. She's like, oh, like dragging it out of it, like blood from a stone. She's like, fuck it, I guess I'll accept it. <laughs> and it's interesting that Luann says, you know, I'm so grateful for everything Bethany did for me with the intervention and getting me help, but she feels like Bethany uses that card too much. Oh, man. I don't think Bethany would ever use that card if Luann wasn't behaving the way she was. That's my personal. I, I have never even felt like it was a card. I felt it's like it not. was like, you know, the Bethany has been there and she was there for this show. She like that, that was the thing that Luann just couldn't hear. It's like she's like, oh, I just wish you, you know, you'd seen me, you, you know, you'd been there. She's like, I was there. <laughs> Fucking hell, you weren't there. You were the one who was not there. I yeah. Mean, and then Dorinda in her testimonial says, and this is so interesting that it came out this week of all weeks, says, you know, Luann doesn't like to be held accountable. And I don't think she ever really likes to apologize. And I don't mm. know if she's ever truly apologized for her arrest and how she treated that officer. Yeah. Wow. And then that same day that this aired, she's back in court. 
So we do get the sense that she has a problem with accountability. There really seems to be an excuse for everything, an explanation yeah. for everything. Yeah, and she's she's very good at trying to talk herself out of things and talk yourself around until the other person just gets tired, you know, and when like this battle isn't worth my fight. Like, so she right. thinks that she's won, but really they're just like, dude, I can't be bothered. <laughs> like, they bother. shit to do. Now, whose side would you be on in this situation? Luann wanted all the ladies to go see <laughs> this performer oh, in no. Kingston, New York. Mother can't, can't buy your class. Mother can't buy your class. <laughs> and Ramona, Bethany, and Dorinda were like, you know what? No, we're not driving the 20 yeah. minutes that way to go see this woman. We're going to do our own thing. What would you have done? I, well, honestly, I would pay good money to see that woman perform. Same. I mean, I like, 100%. <laughs> that made my... <laughs> That made my life, but I can completely understand. When when Bethany was like, you know what, not everyone has to love cabaret. Like, that's that's fine. They don't. And they're so yeah. over this kind of, the like, the Luann show. They needed a breather. They wanted a break, and I fully support that. But I do think they missed out in this, <laughs> in I this regard. I out, too. I feel bad that Tinsley didn't like it. I love, oh my God. I love cabaret. I love show tunes. I love all venues with weird people <laughs> singing. I love that stuff. So I totally would have done it. But, but was this friends, woman even yeah. a performer? Like she couldn't seem to play the piano or carry a tune. She's just this crazy Cuban woman who turns up and starts yelling, money can't buy a car. Like, it's so funny. What's going I, on? I, maybe she used to be a performer, but in her current age with her current vocal fry. <laughs> Just brilliant. And Tinsley's like, best rendition ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the same time, what was going on was so interesting because Ramona and Bethany were really bonding. Yeah. When they were at the Terrapin uh, restaurant or the club turtle or restaurant turtle restaurant <laughs> and this I really really appreciated this scene probably more than anything else they've shown all year because it was really them opening up about the abuse that they saw from yeah you know fathers growing up how their fathers treated their mothers and how they were basically trying to break the cycle I loved that and and like everyone was like um like Bethany and Dorinda were saying you know it was so nice to see Ramona talk about this really awful time and, you know, shaping time of her life, of her childhood, who, you know, it can really make you understand who, how she is, this kind of very um, brittle but strong, like, kind of guarded person. It makes you understand a lot of her. Um, but talk, her to talk about it in an, with vulnerability rather than, as an excuse or as a, yeah, playing that card, you know, because that already gets people, like, up on the defensive. It it was very redeeming for Ramona, which, you know, she's needed for a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> I also, it made me sort of understand how she's able to forgive and forget mm. with friends 
because I feel like as a kid, she must have had to kind of each day reset, you yeah. know, and as a survival tactic growing up in a household with so much violence. And so for her to be like, okay, all's forgiven, let's move on. Yeah, you, know, you kind of have to. How do you do that? But it oh, sounds man. like that's something that she had to do over and over again. Uh, I can't even imagine. It would have just been so much anxiety all the time. I can't imagine at all. It was horrifying hearing their stories. Yeah. You know? And for and Dorinda was like, sorry if I ever did anything mean sorry to, if I was mean to, to Bethany. <laughs> She's like, you can still be mean to me. <laughs> and that's true. There's no, you know, this isn't a card to play to get out of any situation where Bethany had said or done anything rude or mean she still wants to be held accountable and I appreciate that about Bethany exactly and and that's where Luann is the complete opposite she's like mm-hmm. well I had this one bad thing happen to me and you know becoming an addict and all this stuff in the breakup and and therefore I deserve all of your support and love and affection until I am healed and it, like to jump into Vanderpump, it's exactly what Katie was saying. She's like, well, I had a brain injury. I've been through some shit. So there, and like James's parents just got a divorce. I was like jaw to the floor. I thought that was so disgusting because first of all, he's been through a lot more than his parents just getting divorced. And mm-hmm. that is quite traumatic for a lot of people. Yeah. But she was saying basically she's basically being the Luann of it all saying well because my tragedy is bigger than your tragedy I deserve love and affection and you know I get to take it away from him and I was just like gross Katie that's so interesting I had such a different take on that did you yeah well I I don't appreciate how it came across but Katie's parents got divorced when she was like a few years ago Okay. Um, and it was not easy. And so I feel like she's like, I went through it too. It just wasn't featured on the show where you saw the pain that I was going through. Mm. So yeah, I didn't I re- even know about that. I remember it was mentioned like once or twice, um, especially ahead of her wedding. And then also I think her whole thing is just she's gone through stuff and so have other people on the show and they're never shown in a sympathetic light by right. the producers. And I think she's just frustrated that James has been shown in this light because you could give that edit to any of them. Oh my God, you're so right. And it's it's what I felt like she was trying to say, but she's so bad at articulating her points. She comes across so like a sourpuss. Nasty. She does for me. And I think that's what it is. Like she just comes across so nasty to me she looks like she just is kind of extremely malicious toward anyone she just decides to not to not like she hates her husband and and (laughs) I've just like (laughs) I'm like what is going on with this girl and then I look at James and I think because he kind of came onto the scene while I was getting sober and getting clean and stuff I just developed such a soft spot for him so Literally, yeah. he can be like hurling abuse at people, and I'd be like, "Oh, Jamesy, <laughs> <laughs> he's, ha- he's having a tough day." <laughs> this is something that um, Kristen said. She called it empathy. That the producers, no matter how many horrible things the men on Vanderpump Rules have done, they're always cast <sighs> in a certain light, and we always have this like soft spot for them. Oh my god. And- 
really, if you look on paper, they don't do that as many bad things. We think they're nasty and rude and ungrateful. And, you know, and when you look at it on paper, all the things Jax has done, yet we still sort of root for him. And we're like, well, that's just Jax. Or that's James, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm part of the problem. Or, you know, (laughs) he made out with someone. But whatever. It's just marriage vows. Like, (laughs) oh, man, I feel like I'm part of the patriarchy. Oh, you're so right. Because I love Schwartz. I have this soft spot for him. But when I hear Kristen say this and how it feels, the the women on the show feel like it's a little unfair how they're portrayed. I missed that. Did she say that in the reunion or is that somewhere else? Because I listen to like every time they're on any podcast ever. Because I'm like, I wasn't there for that. (laughs) You said it. I'm trying to remember where she said it, but I, it really stuck with me. And I believe that Ariana said it um, again on Danny Pellegrino's podcast where she mm-hmm. said she, that the, the men sort of get a more sympathetic edit overall. So on the true. Show. But you and know, society just loves that to hate women. Abuse. It does. And, and women love to hate women, right? Yeah. Like we yeah. have the people, if you, could list everyone on any show that I dislike, they're probably mainly women. Yeah, wow. You're, oh, this is just amazing. I feel bad just blown it. my mind. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. But I just really don't want to side with Kristen Doty on this one. <laughs> I don't think you have to side with them to know that maybe it's a little unfair and, and how yeah. we these or how we view these people a lot of it has to do with the edit that they get and I see that I always forget that I I just assume that their whole life is in that (laughs) that I see every week (laughs) I feel that way and then after seeing like there has to be some other stuff James has done for why they hate him as much as they do it cannot be because he keeps calling Katie fat that is not (laughs) they all hate him that that can't be yeah, must you be know. like little nitpicky things, you know, again and again. And the thing with James is that he goes for the jugular. Like he will pick out somebody's, like when he's backed into a corner, and I don't think he's a kind of mean person just for the sake of being mean. I feel like he gets attacked and he feels like he's like a dog backed into the corner and has to bite. But when he does bite, he is really good at picking out someone's deepest insecurity and using that against them. And that's why I think it hurts so much because mm-hmm. yeah because you'll call like you know jack's old or katie fat and these are things that they're extremely self-conscious about deep down inside whether or not they kind of admit to it or not but it's yeah i think that that's why he sort of can penetrate so hard yeah i had a question for you mm. uh, as someone that has gone through sobriety Wanted to hear your thoughts on Lala because they talked mm-hmm. in this, you know, episode. Oh, the thoughts of Lala. <laughs> about her anxiety being caused by alcohol. And mm. I I don't know a lot about alcohol-induced anxiety, but watching her on the show, it seemed like she was on something other than alcohol. Okay. Am I this crazy? Is... <laughs> This, I mean, look, I don't know what she does, right? Obviously. I, yeah, and so I all of, anything all. I'm about to say is a legend. But yes. this, when I watch Lala have a meltdown like that, like, look, alcohol can certainly trigger every person's brain differently. 
you know, I used to have like rage blackouts <laughs> when I would drink. So who knows? Like maybe that, maybe it is something like that. Mm-hmm. But first of all, you can't drink for four days straight morning to night without doing something else. Sorry. You just can't like you'll, you'll die or fall asleep or pass out or something. And so I believe, and that anxiety attack, I mean, she's either on Adderall, like they're all taking, but why wouldn't she just admit it? I think she's like hardcore into the Coke. And I think she's stopped drinking so that she can just, cause maybe she's like, well, these two don't mix well together for me. I think, I don't think she's drug free. I think she's still doing all that other shit. I think she's just not drinking. That's my opinion. But, yeah, that anxiety attack, that seems like a come down to me. That kind of anxiety comes from, uh, in my history, <laughs> from a come down. Like, that's that's panic. That's just like a molly drop or, like, coming it off coke right. or something. Like, it looked it, like that to me, and I it, don't even have never even done anything like that. It didn't look like a hangover. It didn't look like she's just drunk and you know, freaking out, like, I don't know, that's my, that's my humble opinion, not knowing anything about her background, but just and, from witnessing and I have her anxiety. And, and but when I have, or when I used to get panic attacks, I didn't want anyone to touch me at all. Like right. I didn't want anything touching me. I didn't want fabric touching me. I would take a sweatshirt off. Like I would feel overheated. Yeah. So for her to want all these people touching her, that was so confusing to me. But of course, yeah. no people's anxiety is the same. Uh, but it just seemed to me. Sure. I but have I, a theory. I agree. I agree with your theory, but I actually think maybe she's sober now. But it's easier to say you're off alcohol than it is to say you're off cocaine. You think she's off everything? Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. I'm not sure. I have doubts. I have doubts. This is, I mean, I'm not sure. I I, I mean, obviously I I don't know either, but I just feel like she's going to be this kind of person that's going to test the waters and be like, oh, well, if I'm not drinking, which is the main, you know, concern in my life, then I'll eliminate that and then eliminate all of my problems. And then she's going to, you know, come down to you know, the get off the drugs and then she'll be like, oh, what, but why am I still feeling shit? And then she'll have to take the drugs out of the equation and then she'll still be on prescriptions and then she'll take them out of the equation and eventually she'll learn that she actually just has to be completely clean and sober. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we'll see next season because I think it will completely change her to not to, like, have moved through some of her grief because it's hard to tell when you're grieving because she's obviously enraged by her tragedy, which, you know, that happens. Yeah. Um, like that's how her emotions are handling it. So it's hard to tell because when you're so angry like that, you know, that could be drug driven or that could be her grief or it could be a combination of both. So, yeah, I think like I think the future shall shall show what will what will be. It's just very interesting. And then mm. they also, the two other time substances were mentioned. One was a couple episodes ago when at the reunion when they were talking about James and Tom Sandoval, who I think was the voice of reason throughout this entire reunion. Oh, my reunion, God. All was... of my notes from APR are <laughs> Tom is the only saving grace. I love Tom. Yeah. Tom is a god. Like, <laughs> I just he love really him so is... much being very honest and I think with with all with his friends with everyone and he said something about to James you know the problem isn't as much you're drinking as it is when you mix it with uppers yeah yeah said 
And I was yeah. like, uppers? I'm like Googling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what What's an upper? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Because I, all I could think of was Coke or Adderall. I, I'm pretty sure was, he meant Something cocaine. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing about cocaine and alcohol, and I forgot how I know this. I think I have a friend who did a bunch of research on this. But basically. <laughs> a bunch of drugs. No, no, like who's like a pharmacologist and who said that when you drink alcohol and you do cocaine, you feel sober. But the reason for that is because the like molecule changes into a like a mix of cocaine and alcohol that is just a different kind of a high, but it doesn't mean you're sober. But it tricks your brain into thinking like I could totally drive now. I can walk straight and you can walk straight, but it's a different thing. And it's, so, it's, it's true. And that's why that's what I meant when I say, you know, Lala couldn't be awake drinking four days straight without also taking yes. Coke because you, she just couldn't, you know, like that's that's what I mean. That kind of. Um, yeah, that because it does. It does trick you into feeling sober, you know, like it's it's wild. And then there's Stasi who has many seasons ago opened up about how she would do Adderall in order to film and in order to drink without getting drunk right yeah (laughs) and I thought that she pulled back on that but it sounds like she was doing it again and it was what was leading to her dark passenger coming out yeah I mean I think it's a very similar situation because I I mean it's an upper as well so whatever you know whatever they were referring to with James is going to be similar with in Stasi's situation because they're all drinking you know a lot and it's calmed down in a few of them, but it's gotten worse in others. And then if they certainly are mixing anything else in the equation, it's just, you know, it's it's going to be a mess. And then they're probably on prescription, um, you know, medication for, I'm assuming, for anxiety or depression yeah, or whatever else. Xanax. Right. That's a fucking cocktail right there. That's like Xanax is, gonna, is a downer. Alcohol is a downer. And Adderall is an upper. And whatever else is in the mix, like, that's a fucking, you're on a trampoline right there, babe. (laughs) I always feel bad. Like, are we as viewers and fans of these shows, like, pushing these people to do this stuff? Because it sounds like filming is so long that Mm -hmm. that's what leads people to do Adderall. It's not like it's so fun for them, but they want to be able to film and get as many hours of screen time. Well, it's like any, you know, you hear about it with students um, doing degrees and, oh, you know, then they yes. taking like Adderall and shit just to get oh, through their studying and 100%. stuff. The first time I ever saw anyone snort anything was in the library. So. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, in college. I was never that hardcore. Fuck me. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, what are people doing? We're in the library. <laughs> madness. How Isn't bold. Shout out but to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, so I don't... <laughs> I don't think we can take any blame for it. I understand where you're coming from. But basically what I'm saying is there are, for every maybe, you know, 5% of people that are doing drugs to get through their studies, there are 95% are doing it successfully without that. So, I mean, I have to sort of think about their filming schedule in the same light. You know, if and with like with like Luann, if we'd waited maybe a year, two years, three years for her to have a really nice stronghold on her sobriety, she could easily do a cabaret show where she's surrounded by people that are drinking and in that environment without feeling, you know, um, too too pulled into drinking herself. 
but we just didn't wait long enough, basically. So I, I think, you know, you can relax on, on taking on the world's problems with that one. <laughs> I'm not going to stop watching, that's for sure. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking myself out of feeling guilty because I want to keep I know, watching. I just started feeling a little more guilty when they mentioned filming and, like, how long it is. And I'm like, ooh. But, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. So I had two other questions for you on Vanderpump. Mm. One was about Kristen and Carter and how Kristen, like, can no longer go to Katie and Stassi to complain about her relationship. Yeah, that was hard to watch, actually. I if, if there was ever a moment in time that I had felt compassion for uh, Kristen, it was that moment. And there are very few and far between. But just her saying, your kind of love isn't working for me, I, could, I, I really could hear that. And they, she, Katie was like, just kept getting more aggressive and like, well, this is what you need to hear. Like, I'm sorry. If Kristen went to her and was like, don't marry Sh- Schwartz. He's like a limp dick, you know, just waste, <laughs> like, Cheats on alcoholic, you. Yeah. Cheater, cheater. She'd be like, she'd lose her fucking mind. That's not tough love. That's just being a dick to your friend who needs your support right now. And so, I don't know, I think it's important to have those conversations if you recognise certain patterns in in your friend and her heartbreak or whatever. But at the end of the day, people are going to make their own decisions and you're either going to be there to support them or not. So I felt that was pretty rough. I did too. Although I feel like, again, Katie and Stassi's frustration with Kristen has less to do with the actual issue and more to do with how she's being portrayed on camera because right. Kristen's relationship isn't being torn apart on camera. They don't have that many scenes of her and Carter filming. Yeah, and why is that? Is that because Carter doesn't want to film that much or? I feel like mm-hmm. they don't show it when the cameras are on. Oh, okay. I feel like they, her and Carter, just won't fight that much when the cameras are on. Right. So it's not as interesting to watch. They just don't show it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I think, you know, Katie and Stassi do show the nasty sides of their relationships and kind of are like, come on, Kristen. And then Kristen pretends that things are okay, but they know the true story. And that must be frustrating for them. At the same time, If I were Kristen's friend, I would say, honey, please get a therapist because I can't fix this for you. I can't be a good sounding board all the time. I, you know, you shouldn't rely on your friends for that much emotional support. You know, it it can only go on so long. She's, she's got like, she's got some demons. Like she's just, she's a very angry person and extremely anxious, especially with the travel and stuff. There is some there's some backstory there that I don't quite know about, but I think therapy is always a great idea. <laughs> it's just a great idea for very everyone. very open about how she did it after season two, you know, when everything came out with her cheating on Tom right, with Jax. Yeah. And, you know, so I think Was she'd be open to two? it. Yes. Far out. <laughs> I know. Early days. I know. Look Isn't how it far crazy? we've come. So... Then I wanted to know, what do you see for the future? Because I feel like we're at a crossroads. Yeah, this was, this is, this was really hard. I watched, girl, I watched, because I was being away um, for my friend's wedding. I had to watch all three reunion episodes basically back to back. Oh, my God. And, uh, honestly, 
I, my friend, my, my housemate, I was watching on my laptop um, in the lounge room and he's watching TV on, you know, the two And so I had my headphones in and I had to keep taking breaks just to pause between these, you know, Jackson, Brittany screaming fires at James. I'm like literally taking a breather, walking away for a minute, coming back. My friend was watching something on TV about a man, this is a little disturbing, who had, um, he, he worked with, I guess he was a coroner for dead bodies, right? <laughs> and he he had taken a photo. He'd cut someone's head off, I guess, because he had to for the job, I hope, and um, fished out the brain, put it in a jar, and taken a really nice, like, smiling, happy photo of himself with this person's brain, taken the brain home to his children and got his wife to take happy snaps with more just playing with his brain. And that was more relaxing for me than watching <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. And that's the moment I was like, am I done with this show? Like, <laughs> far out. I was honestly, it was it was tough going this season. It really, really was. I, ugh, I felt like the crossroads. season wasn't so tough, but the reunion was. I, I struggled through the season as well because I missed, I missed the old Lala. And I just found her really unbearable. And I, you know, I think a lot of it is the grief. But we had three people on the cast going through extreme grief. Yes. You know, Jax and Lisa as well. And and we also had, you know, James's tragic backstory. There was not really any endearing positive, like anything to kind of keep you laughing and keep you going, except Bo, Bo and, and Stasi. That was nice. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's a, the grief it's a new was age tough. bracket. It's yeah, it's it. I think it really like made everything feel really heavy, and and made everyone, you know, grief really fucks with people. And I think we just saw, I think what we saw coming out in everyone was their experience of their grief, and you know, that's where a lot of that anger and and sadness comes from. But mm-hmm. it didn't come out in in the best ways, as grief I, does tend to do. That's. 100% true. I I did appreciate Jax's grief a lot. Um and Ariana is the one I appreciate the most. Yeah. Um when she opened up more about her dad dying, I started so I've always watched Vanderpump Rules since the yeah. first episode, you know, we all got tricked into it. When we got tricked in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um it, uh, but I didn't like become obsessed until I was going through a time of really intense grief. Right. You know, it's like you find, I mean, I found Bravo. I had been watching Bravo, yeah. but I like found Bravo. It's how a lot of us came to be. Came to be. It was like my. <laughs> so true. Had burned down. I had. <gasps> I. Yeah. yeah um, I was like displaced for six months. Because I owned it, so I couldn't. Oh my god! Like... And then two weeks after that, my mother died, and uh. it was just so dark. I was staying in various like Airbnb basements in cold Washington uh. in the winter, and the only thing that got me through was watching Bravo, and especially I started watching Watch What Happens Live. And so a year Fair. after this all happened, I met Andy Cohen at his book signing, and I told him this story. I was like. Oh. Literally, the only thing I cared about when I, like, looked for a new place was making sure they had Bravo on cable because (laughs) that a smile came to my face in, like, a full year. And he he was, like, so sweet. He got up and he hugged me and he's like, thank you for giving my vapid life some meaning. (laughs) Aww, 
I love yeah, him. So sweet, but I really related to Ariana a bit more yeah. with her dealing with the grief because while it was so tough on her, she still powered through. And I yeah. feel like I did that. Like I continued working. I could, cause what are you supposed to do? Like when people are like, you're so strong. It's, what, what am I yeah. supposed to do in bed all day? Well, like, I, that's what I did. I was Lala, but <laughs> I, honestly I was rage, like full of rage and sleeping those were like I basically became a recluse for like a year when because my dad died and my best friend died about the same time oh like literally months apart and my boyfriend left me and so like this is it we had we had bravo right us and our tragedies and our bravo and I was you I was just like this is my only lifeblood (laughs) like just in a dark room flicking through I couldn't sleep for like a year I, I didn't sleep through the night I still oh. have trouble. Since yeah, I was the opposite. All then. I did was sleep. And that, I'm so jealous in a way, because like, <laughs> yeah. that, that is all I wanted to do was sleep. Well, you, you know? want to sleep through until things it's, are better again. Yeah, until spring or until summer or something, yeah. you know. And so it was very interesting. I, I did empathize a lot with Jax because I think he never imagined a time where his father wouldn't be around and I really appreciate the attempts that he's made for change. I don't think he's a 100% changed man, but I do think he is more empathetic to other people now. In a See, way, I, I, I really struggle with Jax because I feel like he has tricked me so many times. <laughs> and so I honestly, because <laughs> I, I have always, the way that I am sort of, defending James in James's corner no matter what is how I used to feel about Jax you know like I really he could do anything terrible and I'd be like oh Jax you silly guy you know but now I'm just like he's the real I've believed him I've believed him so many times because he's such a convincing liar and I just uh, now I'm like I don't know that your mum didn't call you I don't know that you didn't know something was wrong I just don't know so I feel like this is I feel like he's playing a card like it's all I feel like of course he's grieving his dad but I do get the feeling also that this is a way for him to score sympathy and forgiveness from Brittany because it's like you know like I don't know totally used it for Brittany but I Mm. see him having empathy for Lala in a way and having empathy for Ariana and apologizing to her for how he, you know, I really see him. And I, the fact that Kristen who was definitely not a Jax fan and Stassi are kind of like pulling for him now makes me think not that he's a good guy, but that (laughs) something he's something shifted. Like I I think he's very thankful for Brittany. Oh, well, he better be. He, I mean, I don't know if he's thankful enough, but certainly mm. enough for her. <laughs> I don't know. When I saw that that Kentucky come out and Britney this this reunion, I just felt like this is the side of Britney we don't see, but this is who she really is. Because <laughs> yeah. I've never believed that she is as sweet and nice as everyone has said she is. But I'm like, why don't I believe that? Is that just my cold black heart? Like being like just being cynical of people? Is that just is that my problem? And then I don't know. I just always thought like you can't be friends with people this nasty and be around them for this long and enjoy them if if you haven't got a bit of that in you. And I'm just like, oh, seeing that like you know, real 
has, as James said, heel Billy come out in her. I was like, hmm, seeing a new side to you, Brittany. Do you think next season James will be around? I'm so, I'm so confused what will happen next season, honestly, because like it's, it has to transition into a different show now, right? Like I think they brought James and Lala and Raquel in to try and like yuck a bit, but they're getting older, you know, they are getting married and want to have babies and, you know, take that transition in life and not get as drunk or take as much Adderall anymore. (laughs) And I'm not saying they're ruling it out completely, but they don't want to take as much. They're slowing down a little as we all do in our old age. And so like almost is transitioning or almost has to transition into more of a housewives-esque show but then there's, like, these young people kind of hanging on that are trying to pull it back into old Vanderpump. I feel like it's two different shows right now, and it's a bit confused. Mm-hmm. I think that I've heard rumors that they are potentially going to start shooting a pilot for a similar type show with um, her restaurant in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if they could pull James and Raquel on that. I think that's a great idea. You know, we could probably get rid of Billy Lee. Um, now, look, I really <laughs> love... <laughs> now, look, I love Billy Lee. I don't know. The whole world hates her, but when she speaks, like, for me, the way she's the only one that is telling Lala how she's coming across. Like, James is trying, yes. but he can't no. be eloquent with it. Billy is saying the truth and she's saying it in a pretty measured way. And I, like, every time she's spoken out this season, which is usually to school, Lala, I'm like, yes, because that's how <laughs> I feel. And she can say it well. And I don't know, like, I just needed her voice of reason because otherwise I'd be watching Lala just thinking, oh, my God, am I the only one seeing this? Why isn't anyone saying anything? <laughs> right. Well, I feel did like an insane person. Finally, it's yes. took her all season. Right. I think with Billy Lee, something about her doesn't seem authentic to me, and it bothers me. She she her whole persona was like, I'm vegan and you know peace yeah. and love and namaste and all that <laughs> stuff. And then she's yeah. screaming, and it's like, which one are you? Because those two things don't go together in my mind. And I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like I find Stassi, her... like Stassi doesn't pretend to be this perfect anything. She's like, I'm messy. I'm a basic bitch. Whatever. <laughs> and she is who she is. And I feel like Billy Lee, maybe part of it is, you know, her, you know, transition and all of that was her trying to figure out who she is again. It's like probably she was yeah. forced to live Finding an identity. a life that she didn't want for so long. And now she's able to live the life she wants, but then she's on TV and probably wants to be messy enough to get, you know, back on the show. And I don't know who's giving her advice, but (laughs) I don't think it makes sense because she acts like this whole peace and love and then doesn't do like basic stuff that someone who is well grounded would do, such as if she's hurt, reach out to the people that hurt her and have a conversation. Yeah, and that's true. And, like, we're at an age now. I'm saying we because they are my friends. Yes, and of course. <laughs> well, because they're my best friends. Um, and <laughs> we're all in the wedding together. That, There's, you know, there's yeah, of course. Me and Kirstie, 
Oh my god. You know, I agree with you. Like, I can't follow her Instagram because it makes my eyes roll. Like every time there's a quote or you know any of that shit, like it does bother me. And I, you know, I was a yoga instructor for ten years, and so I'm surrounded by that kind of like hippy dippy, you know, crystals or soul for worlds problems bullshit every single day. And I'm just just like, you know what? This is this is not for me anymore, you know, and I, you know, I, I was into it for a minute and grew out of it. And I think you're probably right. Like it, it's probably more about her trying to find her identity as a woman um, rather than, I don't know, it actually. Just, pr- I thought that she had a reason to be upset with Katie and the other women. Totally. Like her mm-hmm. lived experience feeling excluded as the only trans woman, but yeah. The- she went about it was so unhelpful yeah totally. it, it lost me I'm like all you have to do is talk to these women just talk yeah. to them have a conversation that would have been more compelling tv for me to watch for her to open up to Katie and say this is how I grew up feeling excluded when you did this it triggered something in me where I felt like I was on the outside again maybe you didn't mean it but this is how it felt yeah like, I see Katie really reacting well to that and all of them having a learning moment together and yeah I agree with you ended up being stupid and obnoxious and you had to take the side I mean I never want to take the side of Lala who's screaming what is this (laughs) cisgender bullshit or something like Lala you don't know what cisgender is like how the hell are you fucking fucking out I I don't think I don't know she's yeah she's Lala needs to educate herself a little bit I love (laughs) I love like going out and being like people like oh are you because I have a lot of queer friends and like oh are you straight I'm like I am a cis- cisgender heterosexual um, woman identifying as a woman <laughs> like, I'm just such a shithead but like it's true you just have to educate yourself like it's the 2018 people is it 19 28 what year are we in fucking hell I just lost a year of my life you just woke <laughs> up for me <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so jet lagged. <laughs> now, wanted to get your thoughts on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And yeah. speaking of all of the trans issues, wanted to start because I watched this. I was up in the middle of the night. I had a cold this week and allergies, kind of, a, kind of sort of a Lisa Rinna illness. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was watching in the middle of the night and I had to rewind three times when Lisa Vanderpump was taking the lie detector test and made a dig at Erica. And she said, wait, I I even wrote it down because I was so shocked. She said. Something about tucking. Yeah. So, okay. So John Sessa is there. He gives the questions to the lie detector person. One of them, he adds, like, he has, like, shady questions, like, yeah. um, has Dorit's face changed in the last year as much as her accent? Damn. <laughs> reaction is, just don't ask me if Erica is tucking it under or anything, because there are some things I can't lie about. And then she rolls over laughing. Oh, now, yeah, I, she just thought she was the funniest thing. <laughs> I replayed that three times, because I was, like, tucking... Like, does she mean, like, tucking a penis? Like, what is she? And, yes, it's a transphobic thing to say. I was yeah. shook. I, I Look, I, I found it. Look, I'd, I'd heard about it 
online before I saw the episode. So I think I was kind of expecting more. Yeah. Yeah, worse, worse. Um, So I think that I was – because I was kind of holding my breath waiting for it, and then I was like, oh, okay. Um, But I find that stuff difficult for me to comment on because I wasn't affected by it. Um, I wasn't like – uh, like yeah up um, I wasn't like up in arms about it but I it's like any issue that you're not directly impacted by you know yeah. I'm I'm not a person of color so I find it difficult to relate like I can hear when something is upsetting and and r- racist but it doesn't directly affect me so I'm like well I don't know you know how right. that, that comment like that would feel um mm. so yeah I mean I wouldn't have said it <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have said it myself. But I guess I, yeah, I, the reason I was so shocked by it is because LVP like puts herself forward as this like fairy godmother of LGBTQ mm. equality, and for someone else to say it, especially on like Atlanta where they're routinely making obnoxious comments about the LGBT community. But, like, this is coming from someone who is parading herself as the ultimate ally. Yeah, I know. And I heard um, – oh, did I hear – I don't know. I saw something this week, um, whether I read it online or heard it on podcast. Who is to say? But somebody was saying they think, you know, Lisa is almost using the community as um, kind of a, a – to, to gain those followers and gain those people as fans where she doesn't really – give a fuck basically and I've kind of felt that way for a little while I don't think she wants to do the community any harm whatsoever and maybe she is a true supporter but there is something that feels inauthentic about it I feel like it was kind of a business decision to be on this LGBTQI um, community support bandwagon that I feel like she's using it for and I'd never heard anyone call her out on that before. And, you know, I was like, oh, I can't really – I felt bad for having those thoughts, you know, because you, you think any any support is good support, and I believe that. I think having, you know, Billy Lee on Vanderpump is amazing because at least it's visibility, um, which is, you know, great for normalising those aspects of the community that aren't, you know, that can be, I don't know, discounted a lot of the time. But, yeah, yeah it's something she does also- feel inauthentic about it. It's interesting, the way that I'd seen her prior to these, this season was kind of parading as someone who supported maybe, like, white gay men, because that's all who I saw her surrounded with, and, like, men of a certain socioeconomic status who live in West Hollywood, who wear certain clothing and act a certain way. You go to Pump or Sir and see how Mm. people are dressed or what they look like. And it's like a certain type of gay man that she has in her head. Andy Cohen. (laughs) Yes. As opposed to like all of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you there too. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. appreciate like she became, you know, ordained to be able to marry people as soon as the right to marry became equal in the U.S. and only performed gay and lesbian weddings, which I think is fantastic but you know I really thought this was a nasty comment to make she did apologize for it and she did mention the amount of transgender women particularly women of color who have died in the U.S. recently so that made it like a lot better it was like she wasn't just apologizing for her rude comment she used it for the platform yeah explain so I think she really is a true ally but 
you know, Billy Lee did kind of defend her saying our allies don't come perfect and we right. have to call them out, but you can do it in a kind way. Yeah. So I agree with that. But I think I that's a great it. comment actually. Cause I mean, yeah, like I have a, a bunch of lesbian friends and I remember like sometimes, um, or trans friends, and sometimes, you know, you, you forget and you use the wrong pronoun and stuff, and I always feel so bad, and it's just, you know, like, it's, I've never been, like, a, you know, called out on it or anything like that, but I'll just apologize if I use the wrong pronoun or whatever, and, um, but, yeah, it's nice to know that there are people that kind of just, like, you know what, it's all right to make mistakes. It doesn't it's mean okay that... To make- Mistakes. I just it doesn't mean you're not an ally. A calculated mistake, and it was really yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really a, a, approve. I think that it was just one of these stupid British jokes, which I hate people when people say that because it's gaslighting. Um, it is. It's, it's so gaslighting is. bullying. Yeah. I'm with so many British people. I spend half my day working with British people. Like mm. I never felt that they use the humor as an excuse to be nasty. I only see it coming from Lisa. It's like, oh, you don't understand the humor. Or PK. It's like, you're just being a dick. There are people here that, that, I mean, I'm obviously in Britain at the moment, but I have noticed it quite a bit, um, especially toward me, because I have quite a, you know, intense sense of humor. (laughs) And and people will just, you know, they'll, they'll make jokes and then it can basically just be really, rude um yeah. yeah being just being a dick and then be like oh well it's just banter it's just banter love and I'm like well it's not banter you're being a wanker I was about to say the secret <laughs> <laughs> being here too long <laughs> like yeah you, I mean and that's what people do in in primary school when they make fun of you and they're just like it's just a joke get over it I'm like well you've hurt my feelings so it's not funny you know I just don't yeah. love that sense of humor I think it's it's a disguise for being rude. I agree. So what do you think of the lie detector test? Oh, that was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But I mean, I've never believed it. I've never really gotten the whole lie detector test thing. And as Mauricio stoned off his noggin, <laughs> would say, <laughs> oh my God, I just love fell in love with him Mauricio. even more. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, you know, they're not even admissible in court. So right. like, that's enough so for me. Confusing yeah. You, the guy kept on saying, according to all federal guidelines and regulations for use in court, I'm like, these are used for like pre-trial, not for actual. Used on Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that's where they belong. It just seemed so ridiculous and staged. And like Lisa Rinna said, like, you can submit your own questions, you know. So, and and I think she mentioned somewhere, someone mentioned along the line somewhere that um, this guy is, like, on all the TLC shows. He's like, if you want to hire somebody for your reality show to do a lie detector test, you hire this guy because he's easily paid off. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. I think I heard that on Bitch, Bitch Sesh or something. And, but yeah, I was just like, oh my God, that's hilarious. So from the word go, I was just like, this is total BS. That is so funny. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite part of the entire week was Mauricio getting stoned. Me too. I found it like five times. I was laughing so hard. Was he, he was just making faces at, at Dorit? <laughs> he also, I think like, you know, sometimes when you're stoned, like your eyes 
kind of are like you like blink a lot because like oh, your vision yeah they get kind of dry so I think he was like blinking a lot and then he was making that <laughs> you know toast for Camille and David like you think a second chance at love and he kept on saying and hopefully and hopefully yeah, and like, yeah. like, okay how many times are you gonna say hopefully and he's like did I say it a lot yeah <laughs> and after it's all like of you that you think you're being Sorry, go on. Well, after all that, and then he's like, who's getting married again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's just the cutest. No. Yeah, no, I have, I have a massive soft spot for him. I just think he is – he's so in love with Kyle. Like, I just – I really believe their love story. And I just – I just think they're – he's the kind of – he's the perfect man for me. <laughs> him and Tom. Um, I love him. Short, he's, no, he's also – Sandoval. You know, I'm always afraid of like how Jews on TV come across. I was saying earlier about how yeah. and Dorit, how like I'm glad they don't showcase their Judaism because it <laughs> make us look even worse. Like, we've been through yeah, yeah. people, but when Mauricio and like they talk about how he's a Jew from Mexico, I'm like, yeah, showcase this. <laughs> it's so good. So good. <laughs> Well, speaking of how different cultures come across on TV, shall we transition to Australia, Michael and Potomac? Oh, my God. Yes. I can't deal. Like, honestly, please don't. Like, this is my call out to all listeners. Please don't associate me and my brand of human with that man. Like, honestly, he makes me cringe. He's so gross. I, but so gross. And this is again part of the patriarchy and me and television. But I'm also like, what's wrong with you, Ashley, for staying with him? Like I should yeah, be exactly for his behavior and not her for staying with him. But somehow I'm like, Ashley, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I you're so right. Yeah. And for her, it's it's got to be kind of just it's like the Tinsley of it all with Scott. You stay because. She wants a baby and she feels like she's running out of time and this is her opportunity, right? Yeah. Even though she's like, I can't think of anything worse than having a child with a man that you're not in love with. I honestly can't think of anything worse. So, I mean, look, they're probably And I always feel like, <laughs> and like people have daddy issues, you know, yeah. you know someone's background. But for some, she seems to have some sort of issue, like with her father and Michael being like her father's age and you know I always hate saying it with like Erica Jane but you know she also had an issue with an absent father and her husband is like a grandpa so yeah it's so it's just weird to me it doesn't mean it's wrong or that they're not truly in love but it's just something to keep it off but also with the men who want to be with women that are so much younger than them Absolutely. No, I'm starting to realize that more now because my father is dating and he um, like was creeped out by people that were like five years younger than him. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's interesting. He was just like, I've always, sorry, gone. No, no, go ahead. Well, (laughs) I, I, my mom, my dad's passed, but my mom was 10 years older than my dad. So I was like raised in the, opposite end of the spectrum and yet I still got all the daddy issues and I did the whole dating a man 20 years older and all that bullshit and I would look back now and I'm like yeah I don't kind of question myself I'm like I know where my issues came from where are yours like 
why are you dating a 20 year old woman you freak judging the guy between a 20 year old difference and a 40 year old difference oh man that, you know what i mean yeah that's like so, oh they're, they're, i don't get uh, it yeah but it's so funny because my dad Someone was like, oh, you know, you could probably, like, you're so in shape and you do CrossFit and you run all the time. Like, you could get it with a woman in her upper 40s. And he's 66. And he's like, oh, my God, no. Why would I want to (laughs) – like, that's not my age, you know? Yeah. It's so funny. So then I'm, like, watching Ashley. And I guess her and Michael aren't that far apart, but she seems closer in age to his adult children, which I would be creeped out by. I think it's – yeah, it's just their – it's their personality and their, like, mental load. I don't know. He just seems an aged man. Yeah. And she just seems like a bubbly, young, fresh Beautiful. woman, like, ready to take on the world. So, like, not that she's immature at all. She's not. He's probably more immature than her. But he just seems, like, run down by life, you know? So this and... past episode she throws a birthday party for her uncle who's 52 and Michael might be older than that. And <laughs> it's a 90 theme party and Michael's wearing the weirdest outfit. It's like overalls, but like one isn't clipped in and his shirt has flags on it from like different countries. Okay. I'm wondering is okay. like, is it countries from the nineties? Like, does it still have like, I don't countries know. from the 90s. I was what wondering, I'm like, is it, do you still have Sudan, but not South Sudan on there? Like a Zaire? Oh, like, what, how yeah. are we going? You know? <laughs> like, nerd in me. Um, and oh my God. meanwhile, it's probably just from some music video from like the early 90s or something. So at this party, he is hitting on this guy. Uh, I don't remember who the guy is. It's a good looking man. And he's asking him how often he works out. And, you know, things like that. And then the camera crew goes home because it's like, I don't know what time it is. Mm. But Ryan has all this footage on her cell phone and they continue drinking for another three to four hours. Robin doesn't even remember half the night. She doesn't remember half the videos that they're showing. But she does remember people talking. And at one point, Michael's saying, yeah, I'd suck his dick. (gasps) Oh! Oh, my God. And I think what? later, okay, later, um, Michael gives his mic to the camera crew and says, um, I don't think my mic was working, um, but that's probably, you know, a good thing because I might have said some things I, you know, regret. And they're like, no, we didn't hear anything. That's what the production <gasps> said to him. Um, so oh I think gosh. it all happened like after production left, but I'm wondering if this is the night in question where he grabbed a cameraman's ass and later got charged. Yeah. Wondering if this is oh, the time that happened. Oh my God. I can't then, wait to catch up on that. Robin <sighs> is like trying to put it out of her head that she heard him say this. But so she can't did forget she... So she doesn't have the recording of him saying that. She just heard, overheard him say that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Has she told Ashley? <gasps> oh, my God. It just happened. So this season this is, is good. It is so good. And, and I love that they're filming at places I know. Oh, that's so good. Real Housewives of Potomac. The Real Housewives of 
the DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, the whole area. <laughs> they show downtown DC all the time. And it is just so fascinating because I'm like, I know where they are. I know the areas that they're hanging out in. And my God, I think it's going to be an incredible season. Oh my God. Well, I just love Karen. I think she is the funniest thing on TV. She's just what dreams are made of. (laughs) (laughs) If you have not seen it yet, she was on Watch What Happens Live this week with DJ Khaled. And it was one of the funniest combinations I've seen of people on Watch What Happens Live. Oh my God, I'm going to have to watch it. I just love her. Everything she says, the way she speaks, everything, she just makes me laugh no matter what. So, so yes, that's my that's my homework is catching up on Potomac. So I've smashed everything else out in two days and I'm just exhausted. <laughs> so where do you catch the episodes if you're abroad or you're so not they in have, Yeah, in, in Australia, we have a program called Hey You. Yeah, and it's in the UK like as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like the Bravo shows and the Kardashians, which I don't watch. But um, and it has like some other random true crime stuff and Tyler Henry, which I love. So yeah, it's it's a riot. <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. How did you get into Bravo? If, oh, like, was this in Australia when you started watching? Yeah, well, I started watching, I had a spinal surgery about seven or eight years ago. And, um, oh, that's um, quite a recovery. Well, so I was in bed for about six months yep. and that's when my reality TV bug sort of bit. Um, I started out with, like, I actually started out, what it was called, with Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew and uh-huh. just kind of like... I don't remember how I came to Bravo from there, but it must have just been like, this is my life now. Like these, No, I came from the hills and Laguna Beach, and then that kind of led me into, you know, then we had the OC, the actual TV show. And then when Real Housewives of OC came out, I was like, yes, this is yeah. great. So that's my entire, like, teenage Your origin like, sexual story. awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Going from... The Hills to Laguna Beach to whatever that spinoff with Whitney, what's her name was. Oh, oh when they're God. in New York. Yes. Yeah. The clothing <laughs> one. Whitney Port. <laughs> oh Working God. at like Teen Vogue. Yeah. Oh my God. Was, my brother texts me one day in the city in Melbourne. And he's like, oh, my God, Whitney Port's here. It's like the opening of some store. This is already like 10 years on since she had any like part of fame. And we're both just like losing our shit that Whitney Port would come to Australia. That is <laughs> Oh, my God. So when sad. I watch Bravo. He doesn't know any celebrities. My brother doesn't watch any Bravo stuff, but he does like – He's an odd one because he likes reality TV, but he's very picky with it. Like, it's generally, you know, amazing race style game shows. But then he'll just randomly watch The Bachelor every single season. So, I don't know what to do with him. Well, but yeah, I Bravo. Like the Bachelor Australia. I've seen that. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer watched America. I think it's more extreme. 
It is more extreme, but I loved watching. I was in Sweden last or a couple years ago for a wedding, and it was one of the English Channel shows. Right, right. Oh my goodness! Sorry. Uh, sirens. Um, so oh, where yeah, that's people... me. Sorry. Oh, I, I thought it was me. <laughs> no, that's me. The cat was trying to jump out the window, and because I'm house sitting, I'm like, better not let that happen. <laughs> so where um, can find you so the best place to find me is um if you want to connect with me on instagram at reality tv and me um or yeah if you're listening to the show it's um reality tv and me on i guess apple itunes um spotify and soundcloud are the best places to find me um yeah but yeah follow me on insta that's awesome i love getting dms from people and if you can five-star review me that's always appreciated yes. just help me sky skyrocket to fame <laughs> <laughs> I five stars it. thank you <laughs> and it. what about you you Where can, can find hit you up um on instagram and twitter at itrl underscore podcast and you can find me also my personal Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Slutsker, which is amazing. S-K-E-R. So if you just type in Slutsker, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So good. Oh, well, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. This has been a delight and we have to get together again. Please. I would love that. Okay, take care. Bye.